no mai, haere mai, ki tēnei hōtaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. State Highway 15 closed near Karaka Road due to flooding, and State Highway 2 Karangahake Gorge is closed between Waihi and Pāroa after a slip, so drivers travelling along the eastern side of the Coromandel Peninsula would need to use State Highway 25, while those travelling within the Bay of Plenty should take State Highway 29. We'll keep you up to date with traffic and anything you need to know on that. Now on the show today, speaking of uh, traffic, people will have to pay to drive over a new highway north of Auckland, that just after four. Do you support toll roads? Train Geddon in Wellington. Wellington commuters, commuters, commuters facing serious disruption. Are you one of them? Are you trying to get home now? Text me at 2101. A rapid review has just been announced into that. And more than 1,000 years of annual leave is owed to New Zealand's senior doctors. You heard that right. Four centuries worth to junior doctors. Those figures might sound unbelievable, but we explain all after four. And people are invited to pledge allegiance to the king. And today on the panel, I'll invite the two panellists to pledge their allegiance live on air at 4.25pm today. It could be history making, you never know. Also today... The Song Whisperer. We give you the lyrics and you guess the song. Here they are. We have no SIS. We have no secrets. We have no rebellion. We have no Valium. Valium, no, no. What's the song? Text me, 2101. With me today, Sue Kesley, women's advocate, author and former Green MP, Sue Kiora. Welcome to the panel. Kiora Wallace. Also, David Farrer, editor of Kiwi Blog, owner of Curia Market Research, whose clients include uh, the National Party. David, welcome. Great to be back. And you're, you, I understand you've got a little cat on your lap. I have. Um, you may hear some very contented purring during the show, which I'll, I'll clarify will not be me. <laughs> very good. Nice to have you on. Now, um, speaking of which, as inflation continues to bite, it appears nobody is immune, not even our furry and feathery friends. Unlike human health care, vet care is not heavily subsidised by the government, meaning you can easily fork out thousands to get your pet the medical help it needs. You may well have painful experience of that. So why does it cost so much and why is it getting more expensive? With us is Dr Megan Alderson from the Parnell's Strand Veterinarians. Uh, Dr Alderson, welcome. Kia ora. How is everyone there today? We're very well, thank you. We've got um, our panel, we've got a little cat with us. And I was reading a recent example, cancer treatment for a dog costing $10,000, luckily covered by insurance. Why so much? Why so much? It's a very good question. I think for the long time, the veterinary profession... um, has been seen as being um, a caring profession, and we certainly are. However, not seen as a small business or a small to medium business enterprise. And I think um, what we're trying to do at the moment is just explain um, to all our pet owners out there or anyone who actually um, has a latte or um, (laughs) eats meat or (laughs) likes to have eggs eggs for breakfast um, that veterinarians are really important to the world economy. Uh, But as far as 
small animal practices concern, especially that heartbeat at your feet, it does cost. And um, yeah, hopefully we can talk a little bit about the why today. Well, there must be a bit of setup cost. I was reading, you know, out the back of the lab, what you have in terms of setting up a practice. Uh, you know, you've got your uh, X-ray equipment, anaesthesia, sterile surgical rooms, diagnostic labs, labs because unlike other surgeons, a vet kind of does it all. And I think they're right. Like you just don't see what's behind those consult room doors often. And as you walk through into a and into a veterinary hospital, and it is a hospital, you'll see different rooms with different equipment and lots and lots of people. So we have, um, you know, one veterinarian will be looked after um, the pet and. In, in the consult room, but out the back there will be like three nurses supporting that veterinarian as well as your front of house and administrative staff. Then you get onto that equipment. So then you start with, what's wrong with my pet? And then what do we need to find out? Okay, let's start with some blood work. Uh, we have a full diagnostic point of care lab, which is you know hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting out the back, just so that within a short period of time we can actually explain to you what's going on with your very sick um, pussy cat or um, or your your beloved um, animal companion or your dog. And the, f- further we look into it with the diagnostics, which might be imaging, ultrasound, X-rays, CT, um, and then. And once we've made a diagnosis or found out what's wrong with your pet, sometimes we then need to actually go on and do something about it, which might be surgical or dentistry or um, other care. Well, let's go to David. You've heard the cat there. I mean, I don't know about you, David. Uh, I've, we've saved up to take a little banjo to the vet later this year. Uh, tooth, a couple of teeth extraction. It's going to cost many hundreds of dollars or, or just under $1,000. What about you? Yeah, look, we've had some pretty expensive bills. And what it makes you realise, though, is I actually think animal health care is just as costly as human health care. But we spend billions of dollars on subsidies for human health care. So the bills you pay when you see your vet are what you would probably pay if you saw your GP if we didn't have all the subsidies there. So to my mind, it's just that actually this is what modern health care costs. It's just... When it's humans, you know, for very, very good reasons, we we have lots of subsidies from taxpayers. But when it's for your pets, you know, someone has to pay, and that's the pet owner. That's it. Stay there, Megan. Let's bring Sue in. Yes, well, um, I I'm have an adorable grand dog that I look after at least one day a week, and she's already had a half a dozen trips to the vet in her mm. one year of life. So I'm acutely aware of the incredible uh, price of going to the vet and and her parents have taken out pet insurance. Uh, But I guess one of the things is um, there's an acute shortage of vets and an increase in pet ownership. So I guess that's all contributing to it as well. But I think apparently something like um, 67% of New Zealand households have a pet. And I think many people buy a pet without quite realising the incredible cost of health care. I think that's a fair thing to say, don't you think, Megan, that, uh, you know, you, 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 you want a pet, you, you go into it without really realising the heft of financial weight that might come in, in the future. That's exactly right. And I think, um, you know, the pet and the animal-human bond is really, really important. And, and across the board, you know, that's what we're there to protect. And... The cost of the, the vet care 
will not go down um, because you know the diagnostics and and the level of vet care that you can actually receive now as a as an owner or a, um, a, a person walking into a veterinary clinic uh, is 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 really outstanding. So very much like we said, is 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 the equivalent of the human healthcare standard. So so we've, we've got very skilled. Um, professionals out there and that's nurses as well as veterinaries and we don't have very many veterinarians we don't have very veterinary nurses on the deck at the moment right and you're quite right during covid everyone got a puppy <laughs> um i can guarantee ah. you, <laughs> anyone who didn't have an animal before covid decided to get one then so well, i'll tell you, you what Megan, the pup. i would <laughs> i would uh, I, I, it, f- it feels a bit mean i'd i'd think again about getting a new another pet, uh, I just we are, little banjo is a huge part of our family, and we couldn't think of life without him. But uh, uh, the costs, the, the costs, yes. it's yes. quite something. Yeah, thanks for explaining that. That's Dr. Megan Alderson uh, from the Strand, a veterinarian's uh, there. Yeah, um, no dog or cat is worth ten thousand dollars for cancer treatment. Get a new cat or dog from SPCA and spend the ten k on kids' cancer pets. They're not people. Just get some perspective. I don't know. So a pet is a part of the family, isn't it? Absolutely. And in fact, I met someone who had a dog very similar to my grand dog, and I was talking to her, and she said, "This dog has given her, provided her with nothing but joy yeah. for ten years of her that's life." A, that's it. Yeah, very good. Nice one. Uh, big response coming in regarding um, the song Whisperer. Those again, we have no SIS, we have no secrets, we have no rebellion, we have no Valium. Valium, no, no, what's the song? Uh, someone says, is it another brick in the wall? No, it's not. Time for I've been thinking. Sue Kesley, what's your IBT today? Well, a few days ago, I was about to push the delete button on an email from a local Wellington clothing retailer, Koto, and then I noticed there was a 66-page report attached to the email which explained what they were doing to reduce the impact of their business on the planet and um, ensure they were transparent, fair and sustainable. So I was intrigued. I sat down to read it. And I was impressed. And just a few examples. They use only 100% organic cotton for all their clothes. They'll be plastic-free by the end of this year. Repairs they offer for all of their clothing for free. Take-back program for returns. Their entire supply chain is fair trade registered so they can guarantee all workers employed overseas are paying paid a living wage and their own staff are paid a living wage, etc., etc., etc. And this set me thinking. I thought, well, the fast fashion industry, it's a huge polluter. Contributes, I think it's 10% of global emissions. It's got a reputation for exploiting its workforce as well as creating uh, environmental damage. But imagine if every clothing retailer did what Koto is doing, then the fashion industry's impact on our planet could be dramatically reduced in a matter of years. So the question is, how do we persuade other fashion retailers who are churning out this cheap, fast, mass-produced uh, clothing to follow suit? Okay, very good. So in praise of a local fashion retailer, Sue Kishley says that doing it right, Koto, that's K-O-W-T-O-W, very good. Great clothes oh, too. Yes, uh, which is important. Indeed. Which is important, yeah. uh, David Farrer, I've been thinking... Yeah, I've been thinking about 
a real problem New Zealand's now got, which is our child vaccination rates, because for around five years, 2012 to 2017, 19 out of 20 kids were getting vaccinated on time. And that was true for all New Zealand children and also Maori New Zealand children. But it has plummeted to the overall rates now down to just over 80%. So now one in five kids aren't fully vaccinated. And for Maori children, it's a disastrous 66%. So one in three aren't vaccinated. And this, if it's not changed, is going to have massive problems down the track because, you know, if you're not vaccinated, mm. uh, childhood disease. The problem is that it's going to be much harder to solve than in the past. Back in 2009, the vaccination rates were around 80%, 73% for Maori, and they got up to nearly 95%. But back then it was more inertia. But now I think there's a degree of active hostility to any vaccinations. It's this unfortunate side effect of the vaccine mandates around COVID, where I think you've had a large segment of the population just think, we didn't like the government coercing us to do this. We now think, you know, Pfizer was behind this or the World Economic Forum. But, right. but whatever the reason is you've now got a quite large segment of the population who are actively hostile to any vaccination. Now, I don't have the answers, but we actually need to come up and think as a country with a way to actually move past what's happened with COVID. A, vaccina a vaccination roadshow, a national television campaign. So, uh, who knows? Yeah, interesting stuff. Though. Also Thank role you. models. I think people yes. listen to people they know and like. So I think Fair you point. have to hire maybe tens of thousands of people out there who talk right. about they got kids. David Farrar, Sue Kedley this afternoon. Will they pledge allegiance to the king at 425?